the future of transportation is you can use whatever you want to get the point B in a safe manner. But the more options you have out there, you get that seamless mobility solution from point A to point B. And at the end of the day, that's really what everybody is looking for. Are you ready to reinvent your organization and create a workplace of the future? Welcome to the Optimized Workplace. My name is Fran Dean Bishop, and I'm the founder and CEO of Aerobody. Join me each week as I welcome innovators, A-listers, and trailblazers who will share their individual experiences with creating an optimized workplace. This podcast will inspire you to find new and unique ways of helping your organization thrive while providing an exceptional experience for your employees and nourishing their well-being. Ready to get started? Learn more at theoptimizedworkplace.co. Welcome to The Optimized Workplace. I'm your host, Fran Dean Bishop, where our discussions with influencers, experts, and innovators are helping transform the well-being and sustainability of today's workplaces and spaces. Today, we're kicking off a new year, which you guys know I absolutely love. I'm thrilled with a new year, and it's January 2024, and I had the esteemed, and I mean esteemed honor of welcoming a, a phenomenal woman who I have admired from afar for quite a while, but we have um, really recently become more acquainted over the last couple of years. She's been an incredible businesswoman and leader, Greer Johnson Gillis, who is the Senior Vice President and Chief Infrastructure and Development Officer for the Jacksonville Transportation Authority, better known as JTA. So listen up, folks, because there's a a long Rolodex of things that she's done, and I'm just going to share a couple of those. So during her 29-year career, Ms. Gillis has implemented sustainable policies, managed large-scale infrastructure projects, and advocated for diversity within engineering, energy, construction industries, and beyond. In her role at JTA, Ms. Gillis oversees several departments, including automation and innovation, construction and engineering, planning and sustainability, facilities management and transit amenities, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, and the list goes on. I'm telling you, she's a phenomenal woman. She's also established JTA's Sustainability Program Office to elevate sustainability where it rightfully belongs, top tier, and resiliency initiatives throughout the agency. And she's also initiated the first phase of JTA's strategic planning efforts. Finally, uh, Greer Gillis has incredible honors, but one that really is very notable that I took note of is she was awarded by President Barack Obama and the U.S. Transportation Secretary Anthony Fox as the White House Champion of Change, Transportation Ladders of Opportunity for her efforts in expanding diversity in the engineering industry, which means, and we'll get into, not only has she been forthright in looking out for her own career and leadership, but also the career and leadership of others. So without further ado, I welcome Greer Gillis. Greer, welcome to the show. Thank you, Fran. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. As you know, this has been a long time coming. I think between the calendars, I think we've been trying to work on this date for what, six months? <laughs> six, seven months. It's been it's been like calendar Tetris. I'm so glad we were able to land and have our, our complete Yay. moment, if you will. Yay. <laughs> well, I guess it's no surprise. It's the first uh, week of the year. So both of our calendars are a little light. So we get to do that, right? So 
I'm not going to waste time because I have a lot that I want to get to and reference this conversation. I've been looking forward to it. In full disclosure, JTA um, has been a client of Aerobodies. They're doing outstanding work there. And as you all know, here at Aerobodies, we like to work with game changers and organizations and leaders that are really setting the tone and the bar for how we change the complexity of the workplace, particularly around this whole idea of the future of work. So with that, I want to start kind of highbrow in our conversation, uh, Greer, and that is first, you know, what are you most excited about? It's a new year. It's a new slate. It's a new calendar. It's a new journal. It's a new everything. So what is most exciting to you as you begin this new year? Uh, great question. And I like this time of year as well. This is the first time, Fran, that I've actually took notice of a transition from one year into another and been able to kind of reset and do a reset for myself and my team professionally. We are actually going to kick off the year with a retreat uh, coming up tomorrow. And just as a way for all of us to just kind of refresh, celebrate the accomplishments from the last calendar year and talk about the gains that we're going to have this year. And what's exciting for us is that we've got a number of big projects and initiatives that we're really kicking off. We're going to have some groundbreakings and what have you. And for us, that signals not only, oh, wow, we've accomplished a lot. We've made it to this point. But we've got an exciting journey ahead of us. Um, as you mentioned, I'm overseeing the automation and innovation te team here at the Jacksonville Transportation Authority. And so for us and for my team within the system development division, we feel that what we're doing with the future of transportation, autonomous vehicle technology is really game changer. And that's what that's what's exciting to us. And we're actually marching to the tune of our CEO, Nathaniel Ford Sr., who really challenges us to stretch and be able to give whatever we can uh, for transportation and for the community. So we've got a lot of things coming up there. We're going to launch um, a first actual public transportation system here in Jacksonville. It's going to be in service in 2025 but we actually will go to a groundbreaking uh, this first quarter of this year. And we've got a lot of activities coming up to that. So for all of us, we're pretty, we're pretty jazzed about that. Wow. That is phenomenal. Well, you got a lot going on. I love this. I, I love this because you have, you've given me a lot of nuances to kind of unpack. So, um, you know, one of the things I love the fact that you led with the retreat and then you talked about these huge pillars that you want to, to see your team be able to conquer and move on from. And then you looked at even further and beyond that. And I think that is ideal for a leader who really leads well. I just had a call uh, yesterday where we did this webinar on, you know, what are the game-changing components of leadership going into the future of work in 2024? And I think you just named some of those. So I want you to unpack that a little bit around this idea of making sure your team has a chance to step away before they step to it, right? Because right. I think so often as leaders, you know, we we sit back and and we design, we create the KPIs, we create the metrics, we create the big pillars, but we don't give our team the time to really hone in and 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 let it marinate and take time for themselves before we jump into that. So my question to as I say all that, why was it so important for you to design a retreat 
that allowed your team to, to again, get some rejuvenation, but at the same time, have some time to plan and to think. Why was that so important to you? This has been, in my professional career, my journey, this leadership journey has been one of growth throughout the years. And we all know it. You can't be successful without a strong team. And so a part of making that strong team is not only giving them challenges to stretch themselves, but also giving them breaks to reset, but they cannot be successful unless they have a purpose and they need a purpose. They need a vision. They need a mission. And you can give it to them once at the start of your year, whether it's your fiscal year or your calendar year, but how do you make sure you check in and make sure that, Hey, we're still on the same. We still have the same purpose. We still have, we're on the same mission. We're on this mission together. The vision is clear, less roll, or if you need to pivot in any way, shape, or form, or if you need to go, Ooh, okay, we were ambitious. This is great, but let's, let's, let's rethink this. The retreats mm-hmm. give you that opportunity to do that. I, st- I strongly feel, and the retreats should be that opportunity for everyone to just say, how are we doing? Where do we need to pivot? If not, What do we need to keep going? And it's really important for leaders to hear what their team tells them in those retreats, because anything that they're saying, good, bad, or otherwise, it's up to the leader to be able to, okay, I hear you. Let's roll. Okay. I hear you. Let's pivot. Okay. I hear you. I will get you this so we can do this. Or I hear you. There's nothing more we need to do, but just proceed forward. You can't be that mentor. You can't be that motivator unless you listen and acknowledge. And that's what retreats do for your team, which is why I'm a strong proponent of retreats, not just one annual retreat, but even those little retreats, whether they're monthly or quarterly, whatever works for your team. I think they're so valuable to just strengthen your team. Yeah, I, I I love everything that you said around that. And I what I think I'm taking away from that is the importance of investment. You know, we talk a lot about that. And you and I have talked about that offline quite a bit, right? Where right. and if you're really trying to retain top talent, it, it does you no good. It, it's actually just a, a complete dropped message. If you say, Oh yeah, we really care about our people, we want great people to work here, we want to create a great place to work, but you're not investing in their development. You're not investing in them as a person. And quite frankly, and we'll get to this a a little bit later in the show, but when we think about this whole idea around return to work and what it's going to take to bring the workforce back, um, Mm -hmm. a part of Greer's uh, background and her bio I didn't get to is that she served here in the the District of Columbia in leadership uh, through the mayor's office and led a lot of really large, you know, just amazing changes here around transportation in the District of Columbia. So when it comes to really making investments, those investments are not just on the organization, they're also on the people. But I want to go back to for a moment, something that you said around, um, again, giving people the chance to kind of step away and to think and then to hear them and come back from that. And what comes up for me you know, as a, a designer and a creator of, you know, workforce development and well-being programs is the sustainability of things. You lead sustainability, you lead resiliency in your organization. So you certainly understand what it looks like from an enterprise level and what it comes to the pillars of the organization, right? 
But right. what is, you know, sustainability and resiliency look like for you, Greer, as a leader Ooh. and particularly managing your team? You're, you know, your 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 most important folks on your teams. What does resiliency and sustainability look like for you? You know, I love that question, Fran, because you're right. You're right. I've I've been in the sustainability industry for such a long time, and it did start in, in D.C. in my time in D.C. And I had the privilege of working with a number of different leaders and mayors um, advocating for that. And the last one being uh, Muriel Bowser, who was a strong advocate for it. So everything that I did, whether I was with the Department of Transportation or with the Department of General Services, and then with the District of Columbia Public Service Commission, was all wrapped around sustainability. What can we do more with less resources for the betterment of our environment? But through all of it, it's also learning that sustainability and resiliency for yourself as a leader, because as a leader, you get you you have a lot to carry on your shoulders. Um, And I am proud to say that I have grown some, built some strong shoulders here. But with that, there is a lot of weight. And with that, your team is already always, always looking at you because they model what you do. I remember many times in D.C. dealing with difficult situations, crises, and teams looking at you as to what do we do, what do we say, but also how should we compose ourselves? And so they look at you as a leader in that way, and that's where that resiliency comes in. And even now, it's still the same thing because we have so many complex projects that we are delivering for the good of the citizens here in Jacksonville, no different. So one of the things that I've had, I've learned how to do over time is it's okay to take a breather. It's okay to take a moment to just rest and reflect. In fact, you become stronger when you're able to do that. And being able to tell your team it's okay, being able to tell your team, you know what, you need to disconnect for a while, because I need you to take some time, get re-energized and come back focused to handle this problem. It's it's okay to do that. And as I'm telling my team that, I realize, hey, integrity means you live, you live what you say. I've got to do that myself, which for an A-type personality who's always on, that takes a lot to just stop the brakes and just go, oh, I'm going to rest a little bit. But I think it's also important, too, is that you refuel and replenish yourself with other things that can help you. Um, And I'm talking about professional development. I am huge on professional development. I, I look for opportunities to send people to conferences or to sign them up for courses or to tell them you need to go to this seminar, you need to take this webinar. I want you to stop and take this webinar, even if it's in the middle of the day, Um, because I think it's important as you're part of that recharge and re-energizing for your team, what are they feeding into themselves to help them to re-energize? And so I think that professional development is also important. And then one last thing I will share, and I really learned this from my staff, is we got to take time to kind of celebrate 
with one another. And even if that means we're going to break bread with one another, we need to do that too. And that builds that builds that camaraderie with your team, that builds that camaraderie with you and your team, and it helps strengthen you because if you're able to relax together, when those tough times comes, when you need to be resilient, you'll be resilient together. But a lot of it was a learning process, I, I must admit, over the course of my entire professional development. I love everything you said. I, I think there were so many golden nuggets in there. So if you guys missed any of that, go rewind and 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 play it back again because you touched on, I think, from a leadership perspective to an individual in an organization, right? The fact that folks are always watching you. I talk about this all the time wherever I speak. Don't ever think that as a leader, eyes aren't on you. They're watching the decisions you're going to make or that you're not going to make. They're watching what you tolerate or what you're not tolerating. And most importantly, they're watching how you lead and how you show up. And that even comes down to self-care and how often you're willing to take time away. And that brings up a, a, a book. When you when you talked about this, it made me think about this book I'm reading. It's um, by Dan Sullivan, 10X is Better Than 2X. Some of you may know it well. And he talks a lot about, you know, when you look at... Um, Bill Gates of the world or the Jeff Bezos of the world or uh, uh, Apple uh, CEO founder who's no longer with us, you know, they took time away from their profession, their business, their career. They said they talk about the fact that in the book, in some cases, Bill Gates would take six months away from Microsoft, just go off the grid. So he had time to creatively think, to design, to recreate. and, And that's what you know, uh, recreation is or creating is recreate. And you have to be able to take time away to be able to do that. So I loved everything that you shared with regards to that. I also like the piece that you brought up about celebration, right? That's also part of that recreation that you have to have time to celebrate the wins, to celebrate the things that are working, but also, you know, celebrate the fact that you recognize that sometimes you can't celebrate (laughs) that things aren't going so well, right? That things aren't going off the grid and what you can do a little bit better. We talk a lot about that when it comes to developing and designing, you know, workplaces and spaces. So I kind of want to pivot a little bit um, and and ask you a couple of questions around that. Because again, there's a whole notion of what it's going to look like to bring people back to work. Um, coincidentally, I was at a, a press conference this morning that Mayor Muriel Bowser had around her book that she launches every year, you know, it called The Green Book. Mm-hmm. But at the press conference, the media was there and and folks asked questions about return to work. And here in the District of Columbia, for those of you who are not familiar, most of the tenants in the District of Columbia are federal tenants. So we have a lot of federal offices here, a, a million plus person federal workforce. And so the importance of a city to thrive in our neck of the woods is bringing people back to work. But that's every city, right? Unless you bring people back, it's going to lose its lifeblood. So you have to find ways in which to make people feel uh, rewarded and feel good about coming back to work. So I want to talk a little bit about that because you're responsible for a lot of employees. And I know when we worked with JTA, that was one of the things that you really wanted to focus on is how do I you know, really make my employees feel good and invigorated and energetic about the work they do? And I certainly hope we, we made a lasting impression on that work with you. But I want to talk about it a little bit, again, from the level of the C-suite, which you're in, is you know, what opportunity do you see, Greer, in the years to come, we're talking about the future of work, right? Over the next 10 years, you talked earlier about 
um, the design of autonomous vehicles and just the future and what that's taking us to, what that's bringing us. That means we're going to need the technology. We're going to need the uh, human capital. We're going to need the resources for people to want to come to work. You cannot run an autonomous vehicle from your you know, from your uh, sofa, <laughs> from your bedroom, from the 30-second commute. You got to come somewhere in order for that to have a meaningful play in the economy. Yeah. So with all that said, how do we get people excited about coming back to work? And more importantly, for you as a leader, where do you feel there's real opportunity in this complex uh, challenge that many urban communities are dealing with now? Sure. Let me, let me say this. One of the things that our CEO, Nat Ford, did before we all came back to work at the JTA, he reminded us of our purpose, why we were here. And for us, we were here to serve the residents of Duval County. And he asked, how can we best serve those residents by doing what we do best? He wanted to make sure that he allowed for opportunity and accommodations where needed but he really appealed to what was our what was our original purpose. And that really helped formulate the idea. So when I did go and talk to my employees about, hey, it's time for us to come back. Let's structure how this works for our division. I reminded them of our purpose, why we were here and why why we were here to support our, our residents and why, most importantly, we are here to support our transit operators who were all who were on the entire time um, doing a stalwart amount of work. And even from the work we did in getting uh, people out to the vaccines during the height of the pandemic or bringing the vaccines to them with our Wellness on Wheels initiative, it was still about the purpose of why the JTA was here. And I think that's important as you're talking to employees and asking them to come back that return to work, reminding them of their purpose. Yeah, it, it may or may not be different from what we have as far as serving the community good, but that purpose really matters. It, it comes down to purpose. Now, with that being said, what we see as far as the future, especially when we look at urban areas, I know in, in D.C., D.C. was really good about linking all of the different modes of transportation together to serve the larger community. No matter where you were at, you could get from point A to point B with a lot of different options. No different in a lot of different communities, no different here in our county in Northeast Florida. But the way we look at as far as transportation, safety has got to be on the forefront. Um, we've got to get away from where there's any communities anywhere that they have the highest number of pedestrian fatalities or the highest number of automobile crashes or mm. the highest number of bicyclist crashes. Those things have got to be moving towards a thing of the past. So mm. how we design our roads, how we place our transit infrastructure, how we place our speed limits has got to be important because Everybody is using the road and everybody is using the road differently. And that's one of the reasons why we stand behind autonomous vehicle technology. We see that from a public transportation purpose. 
not the, I mean, we're not talking the robo taxis or we're not talking some of the, the, the automobiles that you're hearing about in California. We're talking about shuttle services, mobility, on-demand, autonomous vehicles that can serve in communities, whether it's underserved communities or even rural communities, that it's not feasible to put a 40-foot bus in, whether the road widths are not there or the ridership doesn't, doesn't account for a large bus, you can put a shuttle that can provide, whether it's localized service or even service to a transit hub of some sort. Again, linking door-to-door or curbside-to-curbside and giving you that seamless mobility solution because the future is really going to be about options. What are the various transportation options that are available to said user to get from point A to point B that may not necessarily be your single occupancy vehicle, that one driver that's driving? And if we're all agreed that we've got to get to this future where there are no more pedestrian or bicyclist fatalities, or even reduction of automobile crashes, the more we can get people out of their cars and then using different types of services, whether it's one of our buses or our, our autonomous vehicle shuttle, or you're going to use a scooter, an electric scooter, or you're going to use a bike share, which we, we've had a lot of them in DC, shout out to DDOT for putting that out there. <laughs> no matter what you're going to use, we want to make the future of transportation is you can use whatever you want to get the point B in a safe manner. But the more you options you have out there, you get that seamless mobility solution from point A to point B. And at the end mm-hmm. of the day, that's really what everybody is looking for. Wow. That, that's like a master right? class on transportation. <laughs> Deep, right? But I, I say that yeah, because no. that's that's what the industry yes. is really looking at. When you look at the industry, transportation industry, mm-hmm. and you go to these conferences or talk to the think the thought leaders, that's what they're moving towards. Yeah. Um, they'll tell you that's that's what everybody's trying to get to because. As you look at trying to reestablish a lot of the downtown areas, there's a lot of development going on. And a lot of the development is around affordable housing or workforce housing. Mm -hmm. So if you've got all those developments and you've got the workforce housing, you provide people with where they need to live. And then you've got the services wrapped around them, whether it's retail as well as social services and even medical services. Then you want to keep them there, but what happens when they want to go out? You're trying to still have all of that beautiful development, that's economic growth, but then keep away the congestion, which is which takes away from the economic growth. So how yeah. do you do that? You provide the options. And autonomous vehicle technology is one of those options. Yeah, I, I think what I'm hearing from everything you said, because I'm obviously I sit well outside your industry, right, in transportation. But I, as a resident of a city, an urban city, I live, work, play, all that stuff in the district, uh, and travel out sometimes. But most of my work is inside. To your point, you're providing diverse options, and so when you think about the workforce coming back, one size does not fit all. We know that right. well in the healthcare right. and health and wellness industry. But what you're saying is the same thing in, in transportation, that in order to inform the economic development, that the thriving 
of the dance and the urban to bring people back and make them want to feel like they can work, live, work, play here in a way that works best for them. It's got to be a diverse option. And also, I think the other piece I took from that is that, and that's the one thing I love about, well, I love talking to you. You know that already. I, I really enjoy talking to you because, you know, you have such a different lens of the way you look at things, but it's, you have such a designer eye when it comes to it. You know, I think that's why your work was so fantastic here in the District of Columbia and the impact that you made here. It's still felt, it's still seen. Aww. And yeah, it really is. So we are winding the corner. I knew this would go fast. I knew this call would go fast. So I'm going to, as we close up and round things down, I'm, I'm I'm starting with a new end of the episode question for everyone. And I'm going to ask you as well. And I And that is, you know, what is your way in which you're really going to champion and and embody well-being for yourself in 2024? I have made a commitment, um, uh, a goal. No, not a goal. I'm going to accomplish this. Um, One of the things I've always dreamed of doing is running in a race. And so I am going to run my first 5K this year and work myself up to a 10K. And so this is the year I'm going to accomplish both. And so I'm on track to doing that. And and you know me, Fran, I don't just do things by myself. I bring a team. <laughs> and so our, our, our newly elected mayor here in Jacksonville, Donna Deacon, um, has a nonprofit, a foundation and she holds an annual race every year. So I've already told the team, hey, I'm going to run it. This is going to be my first time. You're going to run it with me. So who's who's with me? So that's, and I look at that as well-being for me because I'm going to accomplish this. I'm, 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 you can hear my voice. This is the year I'm going to do it. But I'm, I'm spurring my team along with me. We're going to do this together because, again, it goes back to that camaraderie and team building that I think is so important. hundred percent. I love it, love it, love it. I think that's a great place to wrap. This has been a fantastic conversation, Greg. I knew it would be. Thank you so very much. Oh, you're very welcome. I thoroughly enjoyed this, Fran. Thank you. And congratulations to you on all your success. Just so you know. I listen to your podcast faithfully, and I am just so proud of you and all all that you've accomplished. Congratulations. Thank you. It feels great. We have just celebrated our first year. Um, and it's been fantastic. It's been, it was a pet project as it started, but now it's starting to grow legs, right? People are hearing it and I get to go out and do more speaking. I'm doing more conferences and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of, I think I'd get my work done, right? Because I got employees to, to manage, but uh, <laughs> it's like, okay, friend, get back in the office. The keynotes are great, but you got to get back in here. So, but it's, it's been wonderful. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> of course, of course. And thank you, everyone, for joining us today for the Optimized Workplace. Uh, Ms. Gillis, that we they had a great conversation with her today, and she dropped a lot of nuggets. So if you have any questions on those, everything about her will be in the show notes, of course. You all know you can find it there. But if you have any questions on the topics that she mentioned, such as resilience or leadership, mental health, or even just team building, 
jump on over to our white paper page. And we'll have that in the show notes too. There's lots of white papers there at Arrow Bodies. So you can learn a little bit more about what you can do for your team. It's all free. There's no cost to it. And if you're interested in doing just a bit more to step up your game with regards to your leadership around having a well team culture and a well rolling culture in the new year, you can step over to our well team culture page. It's wellteamculture.com and learn a little bit more about what we do here. Again, it's always my pleasure to host you all. Thank you for being with us. And remember, it's always many and that small monumental moments that can make the biggest difference in your health. Take care, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of The Optimized Workplace. For more insights and resources, visit theoptimizedworkplace.co. If you enjoyed this episode, please help spread the word and share with those who will enjoy it as well. See you soon.